everyone, and welcome to the latest episode of Are You Kidding Me? I'm Naomi Schaefer-Riley, a senior fellow at the American Enterprise Institute. Hello, Naomi. <clears throat> and this is Ian Rowe, also a senior fellow at AEI. And today we are excited to be joined by Asra Nomani. Uh, you, many of you probably know her already. Um, but Words her of nature. What? A force of nature. A force of nature, exactly. Uh, but her latest book is called Woke Army, the Red-Green Alliance that is Destroying America's Freedom. But Asra has been on the front lines of the fight um, in the war against merit, which has taken over our country in recent years. Um, and one of the most uh, one of the prominent fights that she has been a part of is the fight over um, exam schools, particularly Thomas Jefferson High School in Virginia. Um, and so we wanted to bring on Asra to find out kind of what's going on a little bit around the country um, in the war on merit. And uh, I think TJ is probably a great place to start. So thanks for joining us, Asra. Oh my gosh, thank you so much. You guys have just one of the best names in the podcast world. I love it. Brings a smile to my face every time I hear it. So tell us what's going on in Virginia um, and and kind of bring us up to speed. I think probably a lot of listeners will be familiar with a little bit of this fight, but kind of give us a little background and then um, kind of let us know how things are going. Yeah. yeah and well, also, and, and, and how has the war on merit infected in from um, Virginia, how it's infected the rest of the country? Oh, yeah, absolutely. And I'm so honored to be here with you guys. I'm so you know, touch that you would bring a white supremacist QAnon mom <laughs> onto your podcast, man. You guys just make room for everyone. It's just we're very, very inclusive. We're very inclusive. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, I just I finally feel like I belong. It's amazing. Um, Wait, so, does that mean I'm a white supremacist? <laughs> oh, yes, Ian. I, okay. I think you're adjacent, man. Come on, oh, like, you gotta right. like really lean into it to really. That's right. Be, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Well, that's where it began, you know, it began and all of a sudden I'm this girl who came to the United States at the age of four, immigrant from India. I knew not a word of English. I grew up with Nancy Drew as my best friend because I didn't know how to make friends in the classroom and didn't know how to go to slumber parties. You know what I mean? Like Christmas carols, new thing to me, being a good Muslim girl from India and lo and behold, fast forward, I find out in the summer of 2020 that I am a white supremacist. And why? Because my son has dared to accomplish this amazing goal for our parents here in Northern Virginia, and that is gain entrance to this school called Thomas Jefferson High School for Science and Technology. It's a school where all you got to do is have this magnet you on the back of your car. It's like it's, all it says is two letters, TJ. And the the anybody driving around Northern Virginia knows what you've been through. They know that you've probably gone to a lot of Lego clubs. They've they know that your kid probably took algebra in sixth grade. You know that that's where they were at. That they were probably in the advanced placement program. Oh, maybe they did you know, an overnight camp like my son and I did at the Natural History Museum at Yale. You know, you just all these like wacky things that what are you doing? You're doing it all to pursue education, to pursue knowledge. And so that little magnet is code for so much. And all of a sudden, Ian and Naomi in the summer of 2020, it became code for white supremacist, racist, 
entitled and privileged. Wow. Yeah. And why is that wrong? So much. Why was that so wrong? That was so wrong. It was so painful. I got this letter along with the other parents on June 7th, 2020, my birthday. That's why I remember it well. And this letter from this principal, Ambonitatibus, told us, the parents, that we were people of privilege. We needed to check our privileges. And that was so, so morally, ethically, and just um, personally uh, wrong because Ian, Naomi, I knew these parents. You know, I know my story. And I know these parents. These are parents like Yu Yanzo, who stood literally in, at Tiananmen Square while tanks were facing off against those who dared to stand up against the regime in China. There were parents like Suparna Datta who came to the United States with dollars in her pocket, who she remembers the day when she couldn't even afford, yes, a taco at Taco Bell. Like she just was starving. She couldn't afford it. She only had a couple quarters in her pocket. And I just couldn't believe it when I saw the justification for this so-called privilege. What she was now using was this, this lens that said that we, seven out of 10 of our students were from Asia and that we were the wrong kind of minority. And that was just in, you know, a slap in the face to my entire existence in the United States of America, where I grew up in West by God, Virginia, felt like I was at home in this nation. And all of a sudden, I was, um, you know, in the crosshairs, along with all these families and all of our children of the new social justice equity warriors. And we were an inconvenient minority to them. Hmm. So um, a lot a lot has happened since then. Uh, there was a fight over whether or not um, you should have to uh, take an exam in order to get into Thomas Jefferson. Um, there was uh, there were fights over kind of uh, how the racial um, w- whether there should be a quota essentially for um, for different kinds of minorities to get into Thomas Jefferson. Um, that went to court. Um, and you have been a leader in the fight in that and also in other kind of of these fights around the country. But but tell us a little bit about kind of where things stand, um, because you've had some great successes. Oh, yeah. Naomi, I just can't even begin to imagine like what we've accomplished. Like I, I see I see merit as a headline now, you know on the TV channels. I see it on the tip of people's tongues as a value they are trying to defend. And I just think like how amazing it is that there was literally just a handful of us as parents. I can name them, you know, Helen Miller, Glenn Miller, Yu Yan, who I mentioned, Suparna, later Harry Jackson, you know, so many that um, were just regular parents. And then what happened, Naomi, is, yeah, just like you said, we filed a lawsuit after we started rallying in the fall of 2020. 
and Pacific Legal Foundation's lawyers represented us. We won that lawsuit. And I, I want to emphasize to people how important this lawsuit is because critical race theory, this you know ideology of law that has brought with it so much chaos in our K through 12 systems uses race as a lens to do something that is now called, you know, racial balancing in our schools, in our in our workplaces too now. Like there's so many places it's rearing its ugly head. And what is it fundamentally doing? It is pr- practicing racism. And so we won this lawsuit that in which Judge Claude Hilton declared that this new admissions policy that eliminated the test is patently unconstitutional and anti-Asian. And what is so remarkable, you guys, is that I um, couldn't have imagined, but last Friday night, Bill Maher, you know, a um, champion of classic liberal values in the United States, had an entire segment on defending merit in America. And he, yeah, and he cited, you know, our work, our work as parents. And and I just want to get that message out to everyone that, you know, no matter what they say about you and all these smears that they hurl on you, like you are authentic people working from your heart and you too can make this kind of difference. And we are making this difference. That's fantastic. I mean, what would you say, you know, these these folks who come and say, you know, you're the wrong kind of minority. There's 70% Asian kids. It's not that you are against creating opportunities for all sorts of kids, right? Yes. So what, where do we fall down um, in, in communicating this? Because there's a narrative that somehow um, if you're defending uh, a TJ, that's not saying like, for example, well, let's improve the development of kids in the earlier grades so that more kids can go to TJ and let's build more TJs. So where does the disconnect fall down in terms of what you're actually for? Yeah. In terms of expanding opportunity for kids of all races. Oh, and you know, and you have been such a champion for creating those opportunities for being this voice. I just saw your latest Twitter thread, you know, and you're always constantly that, that, reminder to people that we want to uplift all kids and you do it authentically, you know, with solutions that you've got exactly like creating new TJs out there in the world. Um, And I will tell you that I don't think it's our failure. I know what is in our hearts and I know how we work. I know the work that we do to create equal opportunities for all children. It is the smearing of our intentions and our work is simply the uh, the propaganda of character assassins from the other side. Yeah, I, I'm not at all um, subtle about that remark, but I have seen it now over and over again because we came with all the cover that we wanted to try to do. We did everything. We supported a, a mom here from Peru, Norma Margillis, who has an organization called Hispanics for STEM. I mean, how much more obvious can you get than that, right? Harry Jackson supports an organization called the Black Student Fund. Okay, that's pretty blatant what we're, what we're trying to uplift, right? But one thing is, the far left, the opponents, the anti-merit people, they don't even support these efforts, 
that's where I have seen how disingenuous they are in actually wanting to uplift all children, like you always argue, Ian. Um, and 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 I, you know, at the beginning, I thought we had to always like, oh, we have to make it. We have to always be, you know, frame ourselves this way and and do it this way. But no matter how we present ourselves, it yeah, doesn't it's, matter. It's, yeah, it doesn't matter. Yeah, Naomi, right? It doesn't no, matter. No, you're you've you've hit the nail on the head. Yeah. Um, but so we wanted to kind of get into a little bit about kind of how this is playing out in other parts of the country. So. You know, California, for instance, is in a big fight over, you know, uh, the kind of new math standards, trying to basically dumb them down in order to achieve more equitable results. Um, where do you think kind of public opinion is on this? I mean, you mentioned Bill, oh. but um, do you think like more parents are paying attention to this and understand what the real goals are? Absolutely. Like you couldn't have imagined that. During the campaign of Governor Glenn Youngkin, now Governor Glenn Youngkin, when he was just a candidate, the biggest applause line was on the idea of protecting advanced math. Like people get it. You know, you don't have to personally be a rocket scientist to understand the value of math in being anything from an electrician to a mother, to a nurse, to a physician, to finally, maybe a rocket scientist or a brain surgeon, people get it. And, um, and I, and I think it's the same, you know, can you imagine that it would be front page headline news in the Wall Street Journal that this Culver City, California school district was eliminating English honors, but people get it. People understand that Advanced learning is not for everybody, but we cannot eliminate it from the lives of those children who can embrace it. And um, and I'm just, I, I believe, you know, who would have thought we, we created an organization, a coalition, I can't even call it an organization, but a coalition, and the name is simply Save Merit. Like who would have imagined that in 2023, you would need to put forward that as an attribute that you're defending, but People love it. And, um, and you know, I think it's just because no matter what you do in this world, we do believe that you sh we should all try to be the best of what we can be. You know, that's all it means. And, and that's a value that I think it's going to, I am absolutely certain that it's going to be an applause line for the 2024 election. And you know who's not going to be championing it. And it's going to be their loss as a party because, the Democrats, unfortunately, have decided that they are the party of equity that becomes anti-merit. Mm. Do you think this like, plethora of choice laws that are being passed across the country is a, is a function of this recognition on the part of parents in particular? Oh, absolutely. You know, I've seen that this uh, movement of the choice parents and organizations has emerged and grown stronger as more parents have recognized the deficiencies, you know, and failures of public schools. I personally am a product of the K through 12 system in America and went from being this four-year-old girl who knew not a word of English to being able to write for the Wall Street Journal at the age of 23, because back then, you know, 
school was about school. And I still have in my house the journal that my English teacher, Mrs. Alki, gave me to learn and where I learned my love of writing. And so I've been really fascinated by the choice movement because it's one in which I was not personally participating. I had not even been really well aware of it. But what I see happening is that as awareness grows about, you know, the failings and failures of our public school system, people recognize that in the marketplace, we need choice then. Parents need choice. And I my hope is, of course, that you, I know, Ian, you're going to be there always making sure that those schools stand up up to the standards, you know, that you believe in which you believe in Naomi, also you, you know, like it's, it's, it can be everybody's nature to sometimes uh, regress, right. Even with great aspirations. And so that's, um, but I definitely see that happening. I'm, I'm now a survivor of the public school system. My son has graduated. Um, but I will tell you that every time I see a parent and, they are have a two-year-old or three-year-old, I say, look, figure out your budget and figure out what you can pay to get the education that you want for your child without the politics. Yeah. I mean, it does seem like there's a backlash even on the left. There was a, a story recently in the New York Post about the New York City Teachers Unions was going to host a seminar called holding the weight of whiteness uh, for uh, teachers and other educators. Um, And there was such a backlash against this that they were forced to cancel it. And I think that it just seems like, I mean, and this is in New York City, you know, it's not in um, in a particularly red area, but it's kind of an interesting question of, whether enough parents, you know, in, in both parties are now attuned to the harms of these this kind of language and these attitudes um, that you're going to see it kind of being walked back a little bit. Yeah, I mean, I definitely see that happening. And that was a, a success. But then meanwhile, Naomi, just last week, the high schoolers here in Fairfax County at one school were taught a lesson on whiteness. And it was under the cover of the social and emotional learning. The parents didn't get the curriculum. And a mother had to work for three days, Stephanie Lundquist Aurora, to, you know, needle it out of the school system. Mm. Well, um, the only thing is, if you guys, I'm sure, paid attention to the Democratic response to the Parents' Bill of Rights in Congress. And wow, that I binge watched the Democratic speeches and man, those guys are doubling down on misrepresenting parents, you know, leading into the the tropes about us now. And um, and I don't see I don't see them budging. You know, that's the thing. I I don't know what you guys are perceiving, but as a political party, I find the Democratic politicians just really digging in their heels against parents. Oh, it's so distressing. I'm curious, what was the (laughs) lesson on whiteness that high schoolers learned last week? Oh, yeah. So this was a lesson in which they actually used a uh, video that had been created out of New York City schools. um, And what? I apologize on behalf of New York City Public Schools. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's the exportation, <laughs> you know, exactly. To hold you responsible. You know, it, it wasn't actually New York City schools itself. I'll tell you what it was. It was it was one of the TV stations there. And it's so sad because it's, again, the media, you know, being exploited. Um, so I'm going to tell you exactly the station. But what they taught them was they had, uh, they again used kids, Ian. They used kids to do the testimonials. And they use kids of color to say what a, exactly in what you just tweeted out, like what a life of suffering they were experiencing, what victims they were to the racism in this nation. And then they had the one white girl testimonial with guilt and shame about being a white girl. And um, and that that is exactly, you know, the dynamic, as you know, they're putting these poor kids through every day. And meanwhile, this mom had to Stephanie had to use the, you know, PPRA, you know, you guys know, Ian, what does that stand for the parent, you know, the okay, I'm going to get it. It's the um, so you've, you're so over these people that you don't even. <laughs> so great. I love it. You're like, what? what? I mean, is that a type is that a type of FOIA? What do you mean? Yeah, yeah. It's not, but it's it's a it's an actual act that says it's a protection of pupil rights amendment. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Of course. What yes. A, she had I mean, to use that in order to gain access to materials I, that right? were her own child. Unbelievable, right? And now Stephanie has asked for all of the social and emotional learning, and she just last night, like this is breaking news here. On, on on our podcast, she has to pay a FOIA fee in order to get the rest of the social and emotional learning lessons, 200 some dollars. Well, yeah. if parents, if parents weren't being informed when their kids were, uh, were getting high scores on the PSAT and being national yeah, really. parents dollars, I think we, we can't be too surprised that they weren't sharing the social emotional learning curricula. Yeah. It seems like the whole game is just hide it from the parents. Yeah, it is. And, and they wonder, and then like AOC goes on there and tries to lecture us about, you know, being agents of fascism. Well, that, that's where these guys are so out to lunch. And and don't forget, Ian and Naomi, that I moved to Virginia because this Commonwealth had voted for Barack Obama. So in 2008, as a lifelong Democrat, I thought to myself, oh, this state is finally ready for me. Well, it wasn't ready for me, but it was the other side <laughs> that, that had to take it on because what I experienced, I mean, Ian, you know this so well and all the work that you do, what I experienced, I don't know if it was I was living in northern West Virginia or what it was, but I was sort of like immune growing up to the whole phenomena of the racism of the Southern Democrats. Yeah. You know, though Senator Byrd was my senator and all this, but like, dang, I see it, I witness it, and it's going after our minority parents, you know, like going back to the issue of merit. We here in Virginia chose this state, thought that Northern Virginia was a home for our diversity, right? Yeah. That which we are, we're immigrants. I'm a single mom. I thought that this was the state that was going to be a home for me, but it is. But the Democratic Party has made it hostile, hostile to my son's success. I still don't have his little National Merit Award, you guys. Two years still. later, they haven't given it to me yet. <laughs> I'm going to tattoo it on my forehead when we get it. 
So, Osir, just one one last question for you. Kind of, where do you see the next big fight happening? Where are you directing your attentions to next? And what do you think, par- you know, parents should be looking out for next? Exactly. What should oh, parents be doing? Yes. Yeah, I mean, of course, stay on the cutting edge of every issue of race, every uh, issue of merit and gender and sexuality. I think that the parent movement is so galvanized now that it has to turn to political engagement and the the next my eyes are set on 2024 my eyes are set um on the white house and de- making certain that we end up with a white house that respects parents and i think that's what every parent needs to think about from every race that we're going to have between now and then it's not a long, long time but um it's going to be um you know, uh, the issue of um, the school board races, Fairfax County is all up, all open in, in, in 2023 here. And um, and that is really where my eyes are set. And I think that we are going to be winning more and more lawsuits also. So where it comes to issues of lawfare, a new word for me, I've never even thought about it before. Um, we're going to score victories on the Harvard case, and we're going to score a Supreme Court victory, I expect, on the TJ case. We're going to lose in the appeals court, and we're going to take it to the Supreme Court and um, and win. And And I hope everybody knows that, you know, we are the civil rights leaders of yep. today. Yeah. Right, Ian? We yep. are. Like, I I want everybody to think of themselves not only as parent advocates, but civil rights leaders and and protecting the civil rights of of our most vulnerable, which are these children that are minor children, Um, some of them, many of them with disabilities, you know, vulnerable in, in one way or the other, but most of all, just beautiful, innocent human beings. You all need to put on your LinkedIn accounts that you're a civil rights advocate. (laughs) <laughs> that's great it. advice Astra. uh thank you so much uh, oh thank you great talk you really appreciate you joining us for the latest episode of are you kidding me you can get episodes of this podcast on the aei podcast channel or wherever you get your podcasts so with that i'm naomi schaefer riley i'm ian rowe thank you Astra.